Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. Episode 50 covers, to me, one of the most intriguing stories in the Bible, or at least one of the most intriguing stories in this 40-year Exodus journey. Today, we're going to be looking at numbers 16 and 17, so I want you to kind of keep in mind the timeline. What we've just had happen is the people refused to go into the promised land that God brought them to, and they rebelled against the Lord. They have now received this sentence of walking around in the wilderness for the next 40 years. And a little bit later, just a little bit after this, we're not given a specific time on this, but it hasn't been very much time. A little bit of time later, well, that's not true. It could have been a significant amount of time. I'll explain why in the next episode. But at some point, you have this guy named Korah who leads a rebellion against the leadership of Moses. So far, leading a rebellion against the leadership of Moses has not gone well for anyone, but Korah is going to give it a shot, and I'll explain some stuff to you about who he is. So let's let's jump in to number 16, verse 1, and it says, Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took men. And they arose up before Moses with the number of the people of Israel, 250 chiefs of the congregation, chosen from the assembly, well-known men. So these are leaders in the community. Now, a couple of things. Korah, we notice right here, is a son of Levi. He's a descendant of Levi. And specifically, he's of the, tr the tribe of Kohath. So Levi's sons, Levi had three sons. He had Gershon, Gershom, sorry, Kohath, and Merari. And I might be spelling these wrong on the fly, but you'll forgive me. And so he had these, he had these three sons. Now the Gershonites, uh, that might be an end now that I think about it. It doesn't matter. The Gershonites, what they were responsible for was, uh, carrying the, the fabrics of the tent of meeting. They were responsible for the curtains, for the part that the roof, the fabrics of the roof of the tent of meeting. The Merariites were responsible for carrying the metal stands and the poles and the structure of the of the tent of meeting, but the Kohathites, they were responsible for carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They were responsible for carrying the altar, the table of incense, the table of showbread. So the Kohathites had a very specific job. They were very highly esteemed as far as Levites go. So Korah is a Kohathite, which means he and his brothers, his kinsmen, are responsible for carrying the Ark of the Covenant and the altar. Like, this is a very important job. There's a little bit more I cover in the blog about this. You can go and read that. But anyway, Korah is already kind of in a pretty prominent leadership position is what I'm trying to point out here. And he's already doing things in and around the tent of meeting that no one else has the privilege to do. He has a position of authority in the community that is it, it, really... It, it's only second to Aaron and his sons who are the priest. Aaron is also a Kohathite, but I'll go into that another time. So, so you have Moses, you have Aaron, and then you have Korah and his people. They're like third in command. They're like third place. And he's like, not enough. I want the job of Aaron. I want the job of Moses. And so he says this, these 250 leaders at Korah's leadership rise up against Moses and Aaron again. And look at verse 3. They assembled themselves together against Moses and Aaron, saying to them, You have gone too far. All in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourself above the rest of the assembly? I can't help but wonder if Aaron at this point isn't recalling what had happened just a few months earlier when he and Miriam approached Moses and said, Look, 
Why, what makes you better than all the rest of us? I should be in leadership. And then remember that God cursed Miriam with leprosy for seven days. And like, I imagine that as Korah is re rebuking Moses and Aaron for being in leadership, that Aaron is probably like, oh, dude, this is not going to go well for you. And it certainly doesn't. When Moses heard about it, he fell on his face. There's that response again. We love it. Verse five. And Moses said to Korah and all of his company, in the morning, the Lord will show who is his and who is holy and will bring him near to himself. The one the Lord chooses, he will bring near to himself. Do this. Take some censers, Korah and all of your company, put fire in them and put incense on them before the Lord tomorrow. And the man whom the Lord chooses shall be the holy one. You have gone too far, you sons of Levi. So you might remember Leviticus 10 at this point. Moses says, okay, look, you 250 people, y'all want to be the priest? I'll tell you what you're going to do. Tomorrow, all 250 you get golden bowls of incense and bring it as an offering before the Lord. Then we'll have Aaron do that and we'll let God pick who he wants to be as priest. So this should make the people think of what happened to Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10 when they offered fire to the Lord that God didn't ask for. And what happened? They were burned up. Why Korah is not thinking about this at this moment. It's just hubris. It's pride. He's like, man, I've got this. I should be in the position of leadership. And I just imagine that Moses and Aaron right now are just kind of going, dude, you, oh, you just stepped in it. Like it's just about to get really bad for you. And so Moses flips the words back on Korah. Korah goes, you've gone too far to put yourself in leadership. And, and he says, man, you Levites have gone too far. We'll let the Lord pick tomorrow. We'll let God decide. And he says this in verse nine. Hear now, you sons of Levi, is it too small of a thing that the God of Israel has separated you from all the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself? That's what I was saying a minute ago. Korah and his descendants get to do the work of the tent of meeting. He goes, is that really too small a thing? Is it such a small deal that you get to handle the Ark of the Covenant and the altar and the table of showbread that you also want more? Like you, you've been given this great blessing. Is it too small of a thing what God has done for you? And he goes, to do the service in the tabernacle of the Lord, to stand before the congregation and to minister to them, and that he has brought you near him, all your brothers, the sons of Levi with you, and now you seek the priesthood also. Basically, Korah has no, uh, no contentment in the position that God has elevated him to. He's elevated, and that's something that I just think you got to understand. Korah and his, his kinsmen have been elevated to a position of leadership, and he's just snubbing it. He's just like, no, I want more. So verse 11, therefore, it is against the Lord that you and all your company have gathered together. What is Aaron that you grumble against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abram, the sons of Eliab. They're the sons of Reuben. And they said, we won't come up. And Moses says, is it a small thing that you have, sorry, the, uh, Dathan and Abram says, is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? And now you make yourself a prince over us? Uh, by the way, Moses did not make himself prince over them. God did. This sounds a little bit like what we saw back in Exodus chapter 2 when uh, Moses delivers a Hebrew person from being killed by an Egyptian. And then eventually the Hebrews are like, wait, who made you ruler and judge over us? So they're still complaining against Moses being leadership. And so they're very angry. Moses is angry that they would say such a thing. But I'm going to skip down to verse 19 and look at this. This is the next day. Korah assembled all the congregation against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among the congregation that I might consume them in a moment. Uh, and they fell on their faces and said, God, the God of spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin and you be angry with the entire congregation? And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the congregation, Get away from the dwellings of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. 
So Moses rose and went to Dathan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the entire congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of yours, lest you be swept away in their sins as well. So they got away from the dwelling of Korah and Dathan and Abram. And Dathan and Abram came out, stood at the door of their tents, together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. And, they, and Moses said, Hereby you will know that the Lord has sent me. Remember, they said, Who put you in charge? That was their accusation to him the day before. Who put you in charge? And he says, you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works that it has not been of my own accord. Verse 29, if these men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then God has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new and the ground opens up its mouth and swallows them up with all that belong to them and they go down alive into the pit, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. As soon as he spoke that, the, the, those words, the ground under them split apart. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belonged to them, to Korah and to all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. And all of Israel who were around them fled at their cries, saying, We got to run away lest the earth swallow up, up us up as well. And in the meantime, you got the 250 people in front of God with Aaron and their incense altars. And fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men offering their incense. The Lord said to Moses, saying, Tell Eleazar the son of Aaron the priest to take the censers out of the fire, then scatter the fire far and wide, for they have become holy. As for the censers of these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives, let them be made into a hammered plates as a covering for the altar, for they offered them before the Lord and became holy. Thus it shall be assigned to all the people. So check this out. You, you've got... You've got Korah and his 250 guys with their censers of incense. You've got Aaron there, and then fire falls from heaven and burns up Korah and the 250 and leaves Aaron unscathed, similar to what happened to Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10 when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord. These guys are burned up. In the mean, Just moments ago, the ground opened up, swallowed up Dathan and Abram and all of Korah's family all their tents, all their belongings, their kids, everything just swallowed up the ground, slammed shut over them. The people of Israel are freaking out. And then just to kind of put a fine like little point on it all, God tells Moses, take those censers, those little bowls and hammer them into one work and nail them to the sides of the altar as a reminder to everybody else, hey, don't draw near to God unless he tells you to come near to him. Like that's intense. Now, one of the things that I want you to note is it tells us here that Korah died. It tells us that those who followed him died. It tells us that Korah's belongings and his wife, those all fell in. But here's something that's interesting. Korah's sons were not in rebellion uh, with their father. Korah's sons were not in rebellion. The Bible tells us in Numbers 26, 10, and 11 that Korah's sons did not die in his rebellion. And we're going to find several hundred years into the future, we're going to find that Korah's sons are instrumental when David establishes the temple. When he starts preparing the stuff for the temple so that his son Solomon will build the temple, some of the singers in the temple are descendants of Korah. And you even have several Psalms that we read that were written by Korah's descendants several hundred years later. So Psalm 42, Psalm 44 through 49, Psalm 84 and 85, Psalm 87 and 88 were all written by the sons of Korah. And you've got to imagine that they were incredibly impacted by the unfaithfulness of their father. And it's beautiful because these sons of Korah are incredibly faithful. Korah is going to be listed now in Jude 1, 11. Uh, Korah, Cain, and Balaam are all going to be listed as, an exam as examples of false teachers. And so uh, now you would think that the people of God would be like, okay, we get it. 
Moses and Aaron, you're in charge. We get it. We submit to you. We're sorry. But look at what happens in verse 41 here of Numbers 16. On the very next day, all the congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron saying, you killed the people of the Lord. The very next day. The ground yesterday swallowed up Dathan and Abram and their entire families, burned up Korah and the 250 people who had complained against Moses. And the people are like, you're right, Moses, you're in charge. Never mind. We're sorry. And by the next day, they're going, you know what? I can't believe you killed all of God's people like that. That was really rude of you. And what does Moses say? He goes, look, I am a minister of the Lord. He goes, if I'm not a minister of the Lord, I hope that these, all these guys live to be really old. But if I'm a minister of the Lord, if what I'm doing is a declaration of God, then may the ground open up and swallow them. Like It's clear that, that Moses is being used by God. That's clear. And these people grumble the next day. So when that happens, listen to what happens next. Verse 42, when the congregation assembled against Moses and Aaron, they turned toward the tent of meeting and behold, the cloud had covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, get away from the midst of the congregation. I will consume them in a moment. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces again. Moses said to Aaron, take your censer, the one that yesterday had been used and that had been consecrated by God, take your censer and put fire on it from the altar, lay incense on it and carry it quickly to the congregation, make atonement for them for the wrath, make atonement for them for the wrath that has gone out from the Lord and the plague has begun. So these people are standing in front of Moses and Aaron at the tent of meeting. The people begin to fall down dead. We're going to learn that 14,700 of them fall dead in this assembly against Moses and Aaron. And the people are falling dead. And Moses says to Aaron, go back into the tent of meeting, get your incense censer and bring it out and make atonement for the people. And so Aaron runs into the tent of meeting, comes back out with his censer, sticks it into the midst of the crowd and they stop falling dead. And I just think that this is a wild picture, right? So Aaron took it, as Moses said, ran into the midst of the assembly. Behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. He stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. Now those who died by the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the affair of Korah. So between who died yesterday and today, you got 15,000 dead. And Aaron shoves the bowl in between those who are falling dead and those who are alive, and it makes atonement for them. So what God asks Moses and Aaron to do is this. He says, tomorrow, gather one, one staff from each of the 12 tribes, a leader from each of the 12 tribes. And Aaron, you represent Levi. Take your staff, put it in the presence of the Lord, and let's see who God picks. And that's chapter 12. It's very short. And God says, whoever's staff turns into an almond tree and puts forth blossoms and, and whole almonds, edible almonds. That's the one that I pick. And so the Bible tells us that they go in the next morning and they look and they look at the 12 staffs. Everyone had carved their name on their staff. And the staff of Aaron has put forth branches, put forth leaves, put forth blossoms, and now produced ripe almonds. And that staff will also be included in the Ark of the Covenant. We'll see that in the book of Hebrews. And so now the people recognize Moses and Aaron. They're the people who are in charge. Unfortunately, uh, that's not going, that contentment won't last. But we don't have something quite as dynamic as the rebellion again of Korah and this leadership. And so, hey, listen, tomorrow, if you're wanting to read ahead a little bit, tomorrow we're going to be in Numbers 20 and 21. So join us then. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for journeying with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. 
go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.